Uh, tonight we're going to have uh, seven people say, say seven things and um, that God has put on their heart. You know, we don't we don't say what anybody's to share. We don't look at their messages. Uh, we just ask them what the title is. And so it will be as new to us as it is to you tonight. But um, I want to read a scripture, and, and I believe it's for this church. It was a scripture that we had in Tulsa in our Bible school. And it says, um, therefore, my son, this is 2 Timothy 2, 1, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus and all the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. You, therefore, must endure hardship as a good soldier as Jesus Christ. But, you know, when you, when you teach others, then others begin to teach others. And as we commit the word of God to those in our family, those that are around us at our work, that word will not return void in their life, uh, in your life, the things that you're teaching others. How many of you know when you teach, you gain wisdom from your teaching. And I'm sure all seven of these tonight in the messages that they've prepared, God has spoken to their heart for them as well. Uh, tonight, we're going to begin with Wanda because she may have to rush out for the hospital with Jeff. So if they tear out the back door. Now, Wanda and Jeff um, actually were raised in the church. They both know the Lord. Uh, they were in Jeff's father's church for years and helped in lots of areas. So we were really blessed when they came to this church. Wanda helps us with worship. But I would say Wanda's greatest gift is joy. I mean, we never know what she's going to say or what she's going to do or when she's going to say it or do it. Hallelujah. But we are really blessed to have her in this church. And so her message tonight is six things I know for sure. And so come on up here, Wanda, and tell us what those six things are. Seven minutes and the buzzer sounds. No pressure, girl. Okay. Well, I'm going to get right to it. So here's six things that just... I wrote them down months ago, not knowing I was going to have to do this tonight. So um, it is imperative that we forgive. Imperative. God wants us to do that. It's for our self and for the person. Or sometimes it's you need to forgive yourself. Sometimes it's not for the other, you know, for another person. But I learned this years ago when we were um, in Jeff's daddy's church. I had a broken heart. I had a broken heart, and it had been with me a long time. Thought I was totally rid of it. And uh, this little lady from Columbia that I didn't know, she didn't know anything about me. She barely spoke English. She came up to me at church and whispered in my ear, it's time to forgive. And then she told me who. Wow. And I don't cry ever. Like you can ask Jeff, I don't cry and I don't run. So if you see me doing ever, anything like that, just <laughs> save yourself because it's... <laughs> It's really bad. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, when she came up and approached me and whispered that into my ear, I just wailed, wailed and wailed, and I've never been the same. So I, it really taught me that it is, you know, so important. That's what God wanted, and it changed me. I don't carry that anymore. It went away. And so that was part of my message. The second thing, trust. I learned to trust years ago. Um, I was an identity theft victim in 2007, and not just a little, she took 70000 in my name. <laughs> Didn't even know I could access that kind of money. Had no clue. So I told the cop, I'm like, how'd she get that from me? But anyway, uh, yeah, she bought cars. She opened up accounts all over Chicago. She had the same name as me, and she, well, I won't tell you how she did it. It's a long story, but 
Anyway, it took years to fix that. And, and it, you know, when your reputation and your finances are ruined for a while, it just, it, you feel violated, really violated. And my point is, when you're going through something, get a scripture in your heart. Because I got, at the time, um, Psalms 25, 1 and 2, I offer you my heart, Lord God, and I will trust you. Do not let me be ashamed or let my enemies come against me. And I said it all the time, like all the time, just kept saying that. Jeff helped me. The police were great. They tried to help me, but it took a long time because she, she ran all over the place. And, and the, the uh, people, the creditors, there were 17 of them, they would just relentlessly come after me every day, phone calls. And if I didn't answer my phone, they'd go after my relatives. They'd start calling relatives all over the place. And they would call my work. So I had to answer my phone. I had to deal with it. Um, sometimes I'd look at Jeff and go. <laughs> but anyway, uh, anyway, what happened was months and months later, after they investigated, um, the cop called me on my birthday and told me, we got her. So to me, that was like, okay. That was God telling me, I told you, I was going to take care of it. Don't worry about it. And it took a long time to, to completely fix it. And, you know, God even gave me compassion for her later. I was mad. I was really mad at her that she did that. But later I was able to pray for her because I felt like he loves her too. She messed up, but, you know, he loves her too. Um, and then obedience. Jeff's family, his grandpa used to always say, um, God will never take a cracker from you without giving you a cookie. So it's about obedience. You have to just obey. It's not really that hard. It seems like it, but when he's telling you to do something, whether, you know, if you're hearing him talk to you or it's in the Bible or you're praying or somebody else, you know, gives you a word, just do it. Because it, it may not make any sense, just like that lady approaching me probably didn't make any sense to her. You know, but to me, it meant the world. So, you know, obedience. Just obey and always try to do what he's telling you. If you're not sure what he's telling you, get in the word and pray a lot. Um, the next thing was worship and praise. I found tons of scriptures about that. And, you know, of course, it's we're honoring God. We're loving on him. We're, we're trying to um, get in his presence. Of course, I think he's always there. We're the ones that you know, we dilly-dally all around. But I think it's, you know, worship and praise is so much about our attitude. Because, you know, like tonight, we can come in and we've dealt with all these other things all day. But when you get into worship and praise, it just kind of takes all that away, removes all that. You enter into his presence. It changes our heart, gets ourselves ready and prepared for what he's wanting to tell us. It opens our mind up, gets rid of junk that we don't need to be thinking about. And we don't have to just do it here. I'm sure you guys all do it at home, too, or in your car, or when you have a rough day, go get you some praise music and whatever it is, that, or go to the river. <laughs> Everybody has their place where they can get into worship and praise. Um, and then number five, um, don't let people steal your joy. And it happens to me a lot. I'm not always in a good mood. Ask Jeff. <laughs> um, that is like I've, I came home the other day somebody was so negative all day long around me and it was driving me crazy and I came home and I said I just can't breathe that spirit in that negative spirit they have and Jeff says well 
It's interesting you say that because in Hebrew, spirit means breath. So, like, don't breathe that in, you know, when somebody's just... And there's days where it's really hard for me because I work with the public. And sometimes there's somebody that just continues to... And you just have to... Don't breathe it in. Don't breathe in their negative stuff. Last... who I'm doing good. Um, the last thing is don't forget who you are in Jesus Christ. If you don't forget who you are, like Jesus didn't when he was tempted, taken out and tempted by the devil in Matthew 4 and Luke 4, he didn't forget. No matter what Satan tried to throw at him, he just kept, he didn't forget. We know we're, king, we're the king's kid. So if it removes a lot of temptation if you remind yourself who you are. Well, that was really good, Wanda. See? And you're still breathing. Hallelujah. <laughs> Wanda's going to be uh, painting rocks with the ladies. Uh, crafts and laughs on March 1st. Is that right? What time, Chris? 6.30 to 8. 6.30 to 8. So all you ladies uh, want to get to know Wanda better, come join us. She paints really cute things on rocks. And you may think, well, I don't need to paint a rock. Well, you might come. You might find out it's really fun to do. I've, I'm, I've got one picked out already. She's going to teach me how to do. Okay, number two here on my list, special lady, Jessica Smealink, mother of four, wife, uh, mother, uh, daughter, uh, granddaughter. She has a large family. And uh, one thing I love about Jessica, she speaks the word. She speaks the word. She knows the word. And when she's faced uh, difficult circumstances, which we all do, but on many of those times, you know, I'll just get a text that says, pray for, and I know that she's on it and speaking the word. And her Facebook posts are always the word in any situation, and, and her kids. <laughs> but that's natural for a mom. Amen, amen. Sean in the booth is her husband, and they've been a great help to us in this ministry. She works in the nursery and helps oversee the nursery when Laurel's not here. So would you welcome Mrs. Jessica Smeling? Her message is open hearts, open ears. Okay. So at the beginning of every year, I sit down and I pray for direction for our family. I pray for what he's speaking to us. I pray for what he wants us to learn this year. I pray um, that my kids are also hearing. Um, part of our prayer every single night, the morning, the evening, my kids pray. Um, and before the evening, Matthew's really, really good, especially um, praying for his direction. And actually, the other day, he was actually praying for his wife in the future, which I thought that was kind of um, early. But apparently, he was listening to a video that I was listening to on praying for your spouse to, you know, be a believer. So your kids are always listening, um, even though it seems like, you know, sometimes they're distracting to us and what we're trying to do. We need to make sure that we are listening and um, hearing what we're saying because they're listening <laughs> and they're going to repeat everything you say. <laughs> Sometimes it's not a good thing. <laughs> so I've noticed over the past year, my kids have been changing just a little bit and I notice it's because of the electronics. We are letting our kids have more electronic time and um, my husband and I decided we were going to set a timer just to see how much time our kids were actually spending on these electronics and taking time out and away from God and time away from, you know, just talking with each other. And if you do that, I will tell you, your time 
is precious and it's being eaten away. Um, when I stand, when I was standing in my kitchen making dinner last week, I had a totally different message for you. So God decided that he was going to loudly tell me that my message was on distractions tonight. Um, so I quickly kind of was praying about which direction I needed to go tonight. And he said, are you getting the messages that I'm sending to you? What is your distraction? So my distraction personally is my phone. I always have my phone on me. I can be doing something else, cooking dinner, but all of a sudden my phone's on me and it's in my hand and I'm looking at stuff and I'm reading articles and those are things that are not of God. They're not of God and they're speaking things sometimes that are not what he is speaking to us. And we need to be very careful about um, what we make so easily handled. Um, when God gave me the idea to focus more on my distractions and getting rid of those and focus more on him and spending more time in the word, um, he gave me the story of Martha, you know, and um, Luke 1040, it said, Martha was distracted by all the preparations that she had made. She came to him and said, Lord, don't you care that my sister has let me do all the work? And he said, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset of many things, but few things are needed, or indeed, one, Mary has chosen what is better. You know, um, Martha decided she was going to do dishes and other things when Jesus was standing right there in front of her. Like, that is the most amazing thing to ever have happened, just have Jesus walk into your house. So, you know, we get distracted by our laundry or running kids back and forth to school or if you're helping with your grandkids, you know, you're, you're constantly running one from one place to another. Are we um, able to set aside that time? to really listen to him. I know God reminds me to focus less on distractions around me and lean more on him. He will open a plan for me. I have four kids, like Pastor Pam said, they're ages three, five, seven, and nine. So I even, you know, in praying to God, it takes me a while to go into a room without little fingers under the bathroom door saying, mommy, when are you coming? Or singing, let it go. That's been the thing for the last few months. Let it go. So, you know, my three-year-old, you know, whatever you're doing, and if it seems like it's distracting, just let it go, okay? Because um, if you need advice on that, just, you know, she's back there. Uh, <laughs> so God is making lots of opportunities for us each and every day. Um, he's giving us choices. We get to make those choices, and some of them lead us down a different path than what God had because we lost that focus. We lost that um, des destination that God had for us. And when I was thinking about that, God kept imagining my roundabouts and I am really bad about roundabouts. I sometimes make my husband drive them. I don't know why, but it's frustrating when other people stop. And so I'm just like, okay. But he talked about with me about a roundabout and how sometimes the devil's leading us on this circle and we're just continuing around and around and we need to be going straight. And then it's hard to get back into that focus. Um, you know, we visited Walmart a few weeks ago and um, that was not in my plan for the day. I really think that that was God telling me because I hadn't planned on going there until the afternoon. And I said, Do you got, are you guys ready? Can we go into Walmart real quick? And Drew said, yeah. So we walked in and got everything we needed and got up to the cash register. This lady had a frown on her face when I walked up. And you could tell that life had just lost, lost something. Like she was out of focus and she was down in you know, Drew likes to bag groceries, so he bagged groceries, and he gave the lady a hug, and he started talking with her, and even talked about God with her, and that's because he's keeping his focus. I feel like kids can keep their focus sometimes on things that we can't, and um, when we left, that lady said, you know what? I am so glad your family came in here today, and you know, your son gave me this hug because 
it made my day and it changed it changed it so that's a god thing i know it seems small but it wasn't for that lady we walked out of that store and her face had changed from a frown to a smile um i talk a lot about my kids they're kind of the center of my world <laughs> just a little <laughs> so um Anyways, God has a plan in your life, but the distractions, um, we get in a hurry and we move too fast. Um, God is speaking to us, and we must um, find our way to hear him, meaning find our quiet place. I know a lot of us struggle with finding that quiet place because we're always running around, like I said. Um, but for us, it all starts in the morning. The car rides, we turn on K-Love. No matter what we're doing in the morning, K-Love comes on first thing. We're listening to the radio the kids can be fighting over who's getting the tooth, right toothbrush or who's getting the right breakfast and who's got their shoes on wrong or however it may be. But we get in that car and Caleb comes on. There's always a good message to start your day out. Um, God's got a word for you every day. We need to be aware of it. Our ears really need to be open. And I feel like God keeps telling me that a lot of our ears are just, we're closed or they're half open and we're not getting the full message that he's trying to receive to us. Um, we need to be focused for that. We need to, um, our kids, my, our kids were doing the fire prevention, you know, and it said that, you know, we're supposed to stop, drop and roll. Well, when I got that, I felt like God told me something else. He said, we need to stop. We need to stop those distractions. We need to look to God and listen. And God is always listening and he will straighten out our lives as long as we're leaning on him. So that's what I got for you. <laughs> Time's up. Praise the Lord. That's really good. That's, that's good that your kids are your focus because that's where you are right now in your life. You know, sometimes we're always focusing out there on things that are going to be instead of taking care of what's right in front of us. So uh, thank you, Jessica. Now, this next young man that's going to share, um, I'm just grateful for Braden Harbolt. He is a worship leader over in the youth. Uh, last time we did this, um, you know, we didn't take anybody from the youth, but I felt this time to invite somebody from their world, student world, to come over and share with us what God's speaking to them. Uh, sometimes we forget that teenagers, teenagers do hear God. Because, you know, we were once a teenager. How many of you just did it perfect? No hands tonight, Braden. No hands. You know, but I, I think it's important to hear what, what, facing them in their you know what they're facing what's coming against them what what good things are happening in their world so Braden, if you'll come up tonight this is Braden harbolt and his message is casting out all fear you can do this brother okay so for those of you who don't know me i don't like being center petition i'm not a big fan of it and i get this text and it says Hey, you wanna be you wanna be part of the seven and seven? My first thought was, no, not at all. <laughs> but <laughs> but um, cause like I'm only 16. I feel I'm young. I don't I'm not ready for this. David was a boy when he slayed Goliath, and I began to pray about it and read the Bible and read a bit more of the Bible, and then. <clears throat> I began to realize that fear is my Goliath. So I need to slay that fear. So then I started to begin, well, well, I said no because, at first I said no because 
fear. That's the reason I said no at first. But then I started thinking about all the verses I heard as I'm, as I'm like going from City Park or Wave or whatever it was to Blaze. <laughs> I keep hearing um, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. It says, For I have not been given a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. And then to go along with that, it says, in Isaiah 40, chapter 41, verse 10, it says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And as I read that, I begin to realize that it's not me who's talking right now. It's God. It's God's words, not mine. Amen. And I began to realize that it's not, fear doesn't need to stop me because with God, nothing is impossible. And I was afraid of what people would think of me or what happens if I mess up. But, like, God won't give you something you can't handle. And if he does, it doesn't matter because once you call on him, God's got your back. <clears throat> but with God, nothing is impossible. And Matthew 19, 26 says, Jesus is talking to his disciples and he says with men, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Now, once I finally got over the fact that, man, there's a lot of you guys, <laughs> I was like, I'll do it. I got this. <laughs> but really, it was foolish of me to be fearful of what people think of me. Because Genesis 1, chapter 1, verse 27 says, So God created man in his own image. And in the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them both. It doesn't matter what anyone thinks. It matters what God thinks. And then First uh, John chapter 4, verse 18, it says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out all fear. And, but isn't our God, cre our creator, our God, our Father, isn't he perfect? So didn't he make us with perfect love? Amen. So why is there room for fear? Why do you allow fear into your life? Because perfect love, there's no way to explain it. God creates with perfect love, so there's no room for fear. Now, I be, as I go back to that um, part where it's like David was a boy when he slayed Goliath, in the Bible it says David was, <coughs> David was 30 years old when he became king. Now, it doesn't matter how old you are or how young you are, because God has a plan for you. And I begin to think about this more and more, and it's like, you're never too young to do something. You're never too old to do something. If this is God's will, then I'm going to do it. I'm not going to tell God no. And then I'm done. <laughs> Awesome, guys. <laughs> that is a Heather and Shane Harbolt's son. Amen. Makes me cry almost because I believe so much God wants to use this generation. And thank God for parents 
that train a child up and say, this is the way these boys, if my driveway needs shoveled, they will come shovel my driveway because we're the pastors of the church. <laughs> and that's the honor that they give the office. And so I'm grateful, very grateful. Thank you. Brave guy that would come over here and do this. I don't think I would have at 16. I think I would have said, God, you need to find somebody but in, in me. But that was wonderful, and it was a good word. And you will, you will grow from this. I mean, God will put you in a, you know, promotion comes from God. So uh, you have a word to share with your generation. Next is his grandma. It runs in the family. <laughs> And uh, Grandma Mary has, well, she can tell you, I don't know how many of them there are, but it's half our church, I think. <laughs> I said to Bill, don't ever make the Egan's mad or the, any of them, and it goes right down a line, and then there'd be like 40 people exiting stage left. No, I'm just kidding. But, you know, they say take it generation to generation. And so I felt to have Mary follow her grandson because we don't always start out right. But it's how we finish that God's looking at. So Mary Egan is going to come. She's wonderful. She's the one that makes this place clean. So you can thank her for clean bathrooms and everything else. Come on up, Mary. <laughs> Mary Egan. Unforgiveness. Well, it's unforgiveness to a forgiving heart. I didn't give that to Morgan yesterday. She told me she needed a title, and all I had was unforgiveness. <laughs> but then I was praying a lot about it today, and um, I felt like God says unforgiveness to an, uh, a forgiving heart. So on December 28th, my brother-in-law was killed, and um, he was tragically killed. It was very hard for me to go through because um, the way he died. Well, I knew God was telling me, you have to forgive. And I was asking him, but why do I have to forgive someone so evil that killed someone that was just doing a favor for his daughter? And um, because I wanted justice and I wanted, you know, I wanted to something. But then I knew God was telling me, you, you, I'm your justice, not you. And then in the Bible it says, Mark 11, 25 and 26, and it says, when you stand praying, forgive. If you have anything against anyone, so that your Father who is in heaven may also forgive your sins. And I thought, okay, Lord, <laughs> you're right, you know. And um, then it says um, in Luke, Oh, no, wait a minute, 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And I knew I was sinning by having unforgiveness in my heart. And so I just knew that, okay, God, I'm going to give this to you, and I'm not going to pick it up anymore. Well, then I had to stay off Facebook because every time I got on Facebook, somebody put something else on there. And I thought, okay, I got to put this phone down and quit reading it. Quit reading all this stuff because my sister had all kinds of stuff on there, his wife. And so um, then it says in Luke, Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. 
this guy, I don't know, you know, I know policemen have a rough way, and I know that they have to watch their lives, you know. And um, I, I know he had fear. So I had to forgive him, because, you know, I don't know what kind of day he had that day, you know. I had to love him and forgive him, you know. So I started praying for him, and I said, Lord, whatever it was, Lord, you know. And I forgave him, and I picked it up no more. I, I just quit reading Facebook when I see stuff. <laughs> I quit reading it. But, yeah, because if we don't forgive, if we walk with unforgiveness, it makes us sick also. You know, and I know that there's a lot of times I walked in unforgiveness, not just for this happening, but for other things too. So I'm, for, you know, an unforgiveness in a forgiving heart. So that's what I am. And I have 17 grandbabies, by the way, and one great-grandbaby. <laughs> so, you know, I have to learn to walk in forgiveness for them because I have to show love for them and show them that we have to walk in love no matter what happens out there because the devil's out to kill, steal, and destroy. Joel asked me one day, he said, Grandma, why do people die? Because I lost my sister not even, a month, not even a month later, and that was hard for me too. And he said, Grandma, why is all these people dying? And I said, well, Heather had to correct me. She says, Mom, God doesn't... I said, well... God does, God, you know, we're here one day, we're gone the next. And Heather said, Mom, God doesn't take, kill people. The devil is out to kill, steal, and destroy. And I said, you're right, you're right. I don't know why I told him that. But <laughs> it just came out, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, um, we, we do. We have, you know, because we're Christians, and we're supposed to show the love of Jesus. And having unforgiveness in your heart, you're not smiling. You got this, you're looking down all the time, and you're looking sad all the time. And I'm quiet anyhow. I'm not one to get up and talk and be all jolly. But I've always been this quiet, I've had this quiet spirit. You know, I've never been one to, you know, get up and dance around and stuff. Well, in my younger days, I could have, because I wasn't afraid of nothing then. But now, now I'm afraid. <laughs> no, I'm not afraid. I don't have a... S Jessica, that was good what you said. And you too, Wanda. So, that's what I have for you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Things happen in our lives. And we do have a choice. And uh, as believers, we know the right choice. Uh, thank God for Mary, who's honest about things. And sometimes we need to just be honest because we all have feelings. But God's word is higher than our feelings. Amen. Is above that. Uh, tonight we have uh, a special person. <laughs> Don is going. Don, come up here. I, I just would like you to come up. I don't know how many of you know Don and Lisa, but um, we are really blessed that they came and moved here from Colorado. And uh, since they've been here, they came with just Zariah. Now they have Ziana. They have Isaac, and about to have another baby in April. Yeah, so we're blessed. Uh, Don, uh, I don't know what exactly your job is, but he makes sure the windmills are going. That's the simple, <laughs> simple description of his job, and that's really. 
It's whatever's needed. Whatever's needed. That's his job. <laughs> but all those windmills up in the north are what really brought him here up around Fowler and all those places. And we're really, really blessed to have them with us. Tonight I ask him to share because I believe he has, uh, God really speaks words to him, and I believe he has a great word for us tonight. So here you go. Uh, I'm I'm grateful for the pastors here. They, there is love in this church. There is no doubt about it, and it comes from the head. To all of us, um, the title of this is "Back to the Basics." Um, I'm going to read quite a bit because I didn't memorize it all. But uh, some of the some of the most well-known scriptures in the Bible are John 3:15 and 16. Um, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have ever have eternal life. 16, most everyone that's been in church knows it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that who believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Uh, Romans 10:9 says it this way, that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. I want to tell you about my brother-in-law, Mac. Uh, Mac and my sister have been married over 50 years, so he's not a young man. Uh, Mac's parents founded Emmanuel Gospel Church in Carlsbad, New Mexico, when Mac was a young boy. Uh, Mac has been going to church all his life. Um, he helped build this church. He attended this church. He played and sang on the praise team. Um, he raised three children in this church. He has helped to raise his grandchildren in this church. And now he's even helping raise a great-grandchild in this church. He has heard the Word of God all his life. I mean, heard it. He, he lived with two preachers. I mean, he's heard it. Um, when Mac was a young teen, his youngest brother died with a terminal illness. His father had a muscular skeletal disorder, and he suffered all of his life and died when he was about 60. Um, Mac's parents believed and prayed for healing for both his brother and his sister, our brother and father. Uh, I, mean, I am a little nervous, so fear does, it gets us all. Uh, this is why I'm telling you about Mac. About a year and a half ago, my sister called me with exciting news. Mac had accepted Jesus as his Savior and was starting to speak in tongues. Um, of course, I was as surprised as probably anybody else in the family. Um, I didn't know Mac wasn't saved. Um, I'm sure he had confessed with his mouth sometimes, but he didn't believe in his heart that Jesus um, had been raised on the third day. Uh, this happened after living around the Word of God for over 60 years. I mean, he's, he's nine years older than I am. He's an older fella. Uh, he just said he did not believe in Jesus. That's all he said. Uh, maybe he had a disappointment 
of hope because his father and his brother weren't healed. You know, I mean, it's hard to say. Uh, maybe he saw God as a job. You know, he, his parents, that was their business. Uh, he didn't see him as hope and love. Uh, maybe, maybe he felt forced to accept Jesus because his parents were pastors. You know, um, I don't know what, what his reason was, but for some reason he did not believe Jesus was the Son of God and had risen on the third day. Mac is just not someone I would have thought was not saved. Unbelief has been a problem in the church for a long time. Even the disciples had trouble with unbelief. I mean, they, they lived with Jesus. They were taught by Jesus. They were there when he was crucified. They were there when he was raised, and they still had unbelief. Uh, Mark 16, 14 says, Jesus had come to the disciples after he was risen. Later he appeared to the eleven, and they sat at the table, and he rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen. There may be people that are struggling with unbelief that we would not think they are. You know, I mean, Mac is not, he's just not someone I would have thought that had unbelief and was not saved. Uh, we may all struggle with unbelief sometimes. You know, the devil, he's always there asking, did God really say? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's just there all the time. And I'd like everybody to pray this prayer with me. Uh, Jesus, Jesus, we ask you to rebuke, ask you to rebuke our, unbelief our unbelief and, unbelief. and hardness of heart. Father, give us the fire, Father, give us the fire. To, read your word every day. to read your word every day. Give us the wisdom, us the wisdom and, knowledge we need to overcome and knowledge we need to overcome the unbelief in our hearts. In our hearts. Father, today I confess, Father, today I confess with, my mouth, with my mouth and believe in my heart that God has raised Jesus from the dead. That God has raised Jesus from the dead. Amen. 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 Yeah, I mean, it, unbelief is hard. It is. I was nervous. Don, we really appreciate you guys. I believe we have a lot of people in this church who have words to share. And uh, the seven and seven, God uses every message that we hear to touch a certain part of our heart. So uh, I take to heart everything that every one of you has spoken tonight. And uh, so if you run into Lisa, she's the one that's gonna have a baby again. <laughs> and they, she, I get so blessed when I see her loading everybody into your truck. I just have one question. Where are you gonna put the other one? Did you hear that? The car has to go to get a van to get all the babies in the van. Hallelujah. But God promised them there were four children that they would have. And so this is a promise. And God fulfills his promise. Amen. Thank you, Don. Okay. Um, 
fifth person to share with, or sixth person to share with us tonight is Brandon Endicott. Come on up, Brandon. <laughs> when they went to Florida, those of you who don't know, they were here with us uh, for quite a while and then went to Florida. And uh, we didn't know you were on loan down there, but we're really glad God sent you guys back. Brandon and Sarah are glad to be back, I think. And, and they have two beautiful children, Madeline and Mary Alice, who was just a, a miracle of God to their family, and uh, we got to be a part of that before they left, but we welcome them back. Brandon is the one that's doing the discipleship uh, time on Monday nights, and I encourage all of you, when he came and talked to us about it, it's his heart. So, you know, when somebody has it in their heart and says, I'd really want to do this, you know, if that's you and you've been a little intimidated to come for something like that, come, because you will really be blessed. Okay, here you go. Well, thank you, Pastor Pam. Appreciate that. Um, so, yeah, my topic is on great faith. Um, and to set you up for this, you know, <clears throat> great faith, what does that really mean? Um, great faith is about being intentional, okay? Um, and, you know, in our walk with God, sometimes faith is going to come by a process, okay? And so to kind of set you up for this and... Um, in great faith, I kind of want to take you back and share a little bit about my testimony. Um, so this, so I'm going to take you back to 2009 in January. Um, I didn't have great faith back then, and to be honest with you, anything, everything I'm going to talk to you about today, there was nothing going on. And, um, you know, at, at the time, my marriage was on the rocks. It was getting ready to fail. And I had an encounter with God. And of all places, it was down in Key West, Florida. <laughs> I was on vacation. Um, and so this is 10 years ago last month. And um, I had a problem with alcohol at the time. And I knew, or God told me <laughs> at that time that I, if, if I wanted to save my marriage, I needed to stop. And so I can honestly tell you, I have not had a sip of alcohol for 10 years. And my marriage is better today than ever. I've been married 21 years, going on 21 years. And I have two amazing daughters. And uh, I wasn't going to share this, but God put it on my heart to share it before I talk about great faith. And so over time, <clears throat> there was a process that started. And what I'm about to talk to you guys about is... It's about daily habits, um, some, some things, some non-negotiables that started taking place in my life. And so from that point in January 2009 to really August 2010, there was this process because she wasn't on board. And so what I did know is I needed to start to get in the Word of God, and I needed to start to pray and humble myself before God. And so I just started doing that. And so... The process started at that point. So what is great faith? Okay, so great faith is a lifestyle, okay? Um, I'll start with this. 1 John 4.4, 4. little children, this is out of the Amplified Version. Believers, dear ones, you are of God and you belong to him and you have already overcome them, the agents of the Antichrist, because he who is in you he who is in me is greater than he, Satan, who is in the world. 
And so Matthew 15, 28 says, and so great faith came to me at the beginning of this year. Um, every year, my wife and I, we do some type of fast. And so I wanted to focus on the great heroes of faith. And so that's kind of where great faith came from. And so the faith of a Gentile woman, and, and this is Jesus speaking, dear woman, Jesus said to her, your faith is great. And so to me, she didn't just have faith, she had great faith. Your request is granted, and her daughter was instantly healed. So she had great faith. Um, Philippians, let me grab, Philippians 2.5, it says, I must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. And that's in the New Living Translation. And so... <clears throat> So faith is a lifestyle. So the non-negotiables for me and over the years, and, and I don't get it all. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. That went quick. <laughs> okay. Number one, the word every morning. Okay. So that's non-negotiable for me. Number two is prayer. Where's our prayer life at? Jeremiah 33, 3 says, call to me the very next words that follow as I will answer you. So one of the habits that I've created over the years is I've, I have a little alarm clock. My, my cat Swiper gets me up at 4.30, 5 o'clock. And literally, this has hap been happening over the last 10 years. So that's my time to get up. And I believe he's my little Holy Spirit to tell me to get up and start getting into the Word. <clears throat> Number three is fasting. Matthew 6, 16 through 18 says, Jesus says, when you fast. So if we're going to be a believing believer and, and get into the word, if Jesus says when you fast, um, that's something that's helped us over the years. Breakthrough, freedom um, is, is fasting. And one of the times we like to fast at the beginning of the year and then we fast throughout the year. Um, number four is tithing and being a generous giver. And you guys have been hearing a lot about that. And we have an amazing tithing message every weekend or every church service. And there's a reason for that. And that's, it's in the word to tithe and to be a generous giver. So those are some non-negotiables. So mindset, renewing your mind daily to the promises of God. Did you guys know there's over 2,000 promises in the Bible? So if there's that many promises in the Bible... Let's, uh, let's believe those promises and, and meditate on those in, in our mindsets. One minute left. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'll skip down to this and just give you guys a few nuggets. Control your own destiny or someone else will. Don't forget that our Christian life is about process. After we get saved, we are called to press on to our higher calling. We are called to be holy as God is holy. We are called to walk in the fruit of the Spirit. We are called to bear fruit, much fruit, more fruit, and lasting fruit, according to John 15. This all involves, this all involves growth and warfare. You, know, you guys talked about being simple. Life is simple if, if we make it simple. It's just not easy because there is an enemy out there that's coming at us all the time. And so let me, let me leave you with one more scripture. 
in Matthew 24:44 in the Passion Translation. If I can pull it up. Sorry. The awkward silence. <laughs> There it is. So I'll just leave you guys with this. So always be ready, alert, and prepared, because at an hour when you're not expecting him, the Son of Man will come. Thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Brandon. Great faith. How many of you feel like you're in process? I think we all are in process, but that's a really good word. I like your uh, word, non-negotiable. Yeah, because that's the way it's got to be. It's not something we can think about, well, maybe, maybe not. Oh, are you having a baby? Did she leave? Oh, there you are. <laughs> I've been waiting on this baby all day. <laughs> Hallelujah. I tell you. <laughs> Sorry, Wanda. I forgot you're on the front row. I look for Jeff. No, no, Wanda. Hallelujah. I'm, I'm awake. I do know where I am. Victory Christian Center, 10 North Earl Avenue. Okay. Last but certainly not least is Miss Morgan, the lady you watch all the time. And uh, such a blessing to all of us. Ty and Morgan, I don't know how long you've been back here, but it's probably been three years. Okay, come on up for me. She is just a blessing, I tell you. Uh, has, you know, such a heart for God and, and for her kids and for Mr. Ty back. Oh, look, Reese is with us. That's her daughter right there. That's her mother right there. And so um, that's her fan club, okay. <laughs> but uh, we, we were really blessed that she came back, you know, and uh, they let, they went over to Michigan Town, close over there, and she helped in a church over there. They were in church in Lebanon, and the whole time she was gone, I would think about her because she used to be over all of our four-year-olds to six-year-olds in our preschool, and uh, such a blessing to us. And uh, I'm always grateful. I don't know why God takes people away and brings them back, but I know while they're gone, God is doing something. So we don't own anybody in here, you know. I mean, everybody comes because this is where God led them. But I believe those seasons are for good. All of us need seasons in our life that maybe we weren't counting on, but they, God uses them. I believe he used it uh, in Morgan's life. And I remember when she came, she said, I just have to be where the Holy Spirit is welcome. Uh, the move of the Holy Spirit, the, the presence of God. And we are living in a day where that isn't always the case in church. This is a Holy Ghost church. We believe in the move of the Holy Spirit, waiting on the Holy Spirit. We believe in the Holy Spirit moving through our worship. And so I'm so grateful to have somebody over there that's, you know, making sure schedules work. That's what she does here. Make sure all the scheduling is going okay. Uh, takes care of all the children in our children's area along with Pastor Chris. But she's doing more and more in that area, planning for what the kids do. Because she loves kids and Ty also. So we're very grateful. Ty shared last time. So I decided to let her have equal time. I'm regretting that teasing that I did the last time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
This is Miss Morgan <laughs> Fulham. It's funny that she said, I love the kids because that's actually what I'm going to talk to you about tonight. Um, they, are, they are my message, but I think it's something that we can apply to our lives. So my title tonight is Above All Else, Love. And I found myself over there in the kids area getting really frustrated because I, I'm sure you can't imagine this, but first through fifth graders don't always care about your agenda. <laughs> they don't care whether your checklist gets checked off at the end of the hour and a half service, you know. Sometimes they have their own agenda. And I found myself getting frustrated because I couldn't cram everything I had planned. You know, heaven forbid I make 20 copies of something and I don't get to use those 20 copies. You know, and so I, I, was, I found myself getting a little frustrated and I felt like God said, it's time to think outside of the curriculum. This is not about a checklist. This is about love. These kids, the most important thing is that they know that when they are here, they are being loved, that I love them. And when they leave out that door, they leave feeling like they've been loved. And so there were a couple of things I felt like he started giving me to do um, that I wasn't doing before that, that, that showed the kids love. And um, some of the things, they're just simple things, like call them by name or nickname. You know, I got a Ella Bella Bo Bella, and I got a Hannah Banana, and I, I got a Mikey Man. <laughs> so just those things, you know, make them feel special. Ask them a question. You know, how do you enjoy your two days off for freezing cold weather last week? You know, that was my one this week. Um, get on their level. You know, some of them are this little still. So, you know, I try to get down and really talk to them, connect with them. Um, give them a hug or a high five. I was, when I was preparing for this, I just was kind of um, doing some research, you know, and I've only got seven minutes, so I can't tell you everything, but man, the research on what it does to the human brain when you have physical connection is amazing. And so I've just really tried to, you know, high five a hair ruffle. Now, I don't maybe suggest doing that to Pastor Bill. He might not appreciate that. <laughs> but some of the boys over there, you know, they're not into side hugs, so I give them a hair ruffle, you know, just ways to connect. It's about connecting. It's about making people feel like they're important. That is how we show the love of God. And um, some other things that we've been really trying to focus on a lot more um, is sharing experiences. It says in the word that God built, our, that he created us for fellowship. And I believe, you know, it says that he, you know, his commandment is that we love God with all our heart, our soul, our mind, and that we love our neighbor as we love ourselves. And I, I looked that up, that scripture, and the love that he says we love him with is agape love. And the love we're called to love our neighbor with is the same. It's agape love. And that's, that's the love from God. And I believe that with kids, showing them love through fellowship is fun. <laughs> so we've really been trying to do more experiences with them. Um, we went to a little over a year's time. We've taken them to the movies. Uh, we've been to the pumpkin patch, which was a blast. Pastor Chris slid down the slide, like seven-story slide. <laughs> On a, on a grain sack, you know, we had a blast with them. Um, you know, we, we take our kids every Christmas to um, Cracker Barrel in our Christmas pajamas. We eat breakfast, and then we go see the Christmas lights. And uh, we go to the Rossville lights first, and we go to the Frankfurt lights, and we're driving through the Frankfurt lights. I've been going to them since I was a little kid. You know, it's kind of just what you do when you grew up in Frankfurt, you know. All of a sudden, I found myself in tears, and it was because I was thinking about 
a certain little girl in my class that I was convinced had never seen those Christmas lights. So the next morning, I'm in Chris's office, and I said, I have to take these kids to see the Christmas lights. <laughs> I know this is last minute, but I, I have to make this happen. But I think that fun and those experiences is, is how we build their trust. And the trust is what opens the door to influence in their life. And we do that by sharing the love of God with them. And I really feel like that's so important right now because I feel like we are at war with the word, with the world over the word love. You know, uh, what God has called us to do in love is way different than what, you know, the world's definition of love is. You know, our church, the whole vision of our church is sharing. I miss that being up here, by the way. When I first started here, it used to say it right here on the stage, but it used to say sharing the love, acceptance, and forgiveness of Christ Jesus. I love the uh, pallets. I, I have them in my house, but I, I miss seeing that. But anyway, if you don't know that, the vision of this church is sharing the love, acceptance, and forgiveness of God. And the world just keeps getting darker and darker and darker, but I feel like they keep preaching love and acceptance, but it's not God's love and acceptance. You know, um, the world's love and acceptance says everybody gets to be whatever they want to be and do whatever they want to do, and it's just okay. That's how it is, you know? And there's probably no need for the third word, forgiveness, because how can you forgive somebody if you just let them do whatever they want, you know? You don't have any reason to forgive them. But I think that's so important to show our kids that, that love is not whatever you want, whatever you want to be, you know, love is also discipline and correction, you know, that, that is part of love, and, you know, there's some of them over there that sometimes, <laughs> you know, they're, they're getting up next to me, <laughs> and I sometimes have to ship them over here with their parents, but you know what, that's where the forgiveness comes in, when, if I've shipped them over here with their mom on Wednesday <laughs> and they come in Sunday, I don't say to them, now, get out of here. I already kicked you out this week. You know, that's not how this works. But I feel like that's so important to show them what love really is, what acceptance really is. It's not, it's accepting the person where they're at and loving them, but it's not accepting the sin. We have to stand for righteousness. We have to stand for what's right. And we have to teach our kids that that's what the definition of love, acceptance, and forgiveness is, not what the world's definition is. There we go. I'm done. <laughs> Good word, Morgan. Let's all stand. Great word. Six things I know for sure. Focus, cast out all fear, unforgiveness, back to basics, great faith, and above all else, love. You know... The other day I was in my office, and I'm glad you didn't share it, Morgan. <laughs> but I was in my office, and uh, I had the heater on. It was when it was really cold out, I'm making excuses now. But I had that heater on. It was really feeling good. And I thought I'm going to prop my feet up on the desk here for a minute. And apparently I fell asleep, and Pam was looking for me and checked with Morgan. Morgan said, yeah, I think he's still here. I can hear him snoring. <laughs> You know, every single one of you has something to share. We're going to do this every month, aren't we? Is that right? I'm looking forward to it. We're glad you're all here. And uh, God's got a wonderful plan for the rest of your life. The most important thing is that everything that we experience is going to be used for good in our life. So therefore, our attraction is on the coming attractions. And we're going to go from glory to glory. 
we're going to go and accomplish what God has for us. Just reach out and take the hand of that person next to you because everywhere we go, we have the power to affect spiritual climate in areas and in people's lives at a checkout counter, driving down the street. And if we're focused upon the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will always activate the plan of God in our life. Not thinking about us and our challenges and situations, giving that all to God and say, God, you can figure this out better than I can. Just saying, God, I'm on an assignment from you today and for the rest of my life. Begin to pray for the person that you're holding that hand. Pray that they will become more sensitive to the Word of God and to the Holy Spirit's leading in their life because that is the fulfillment that all of us are seeking. The leading of the Holy Spirit that brings the blessing of God upon our life. Jesus said this, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. If you feel a heavy burden, you got the wrong one. If it feels heavy in your life and in your mind, you got the wrong focus. My burden, says Jesus, is easy and light. Father, we thank you that as we leave here tonight, no matter where we go, visitors, people, a part of this church, we do take your love, your acceptance, your forgiveness out into the world to dispel darkness. And that we are on this earth, but for a brief time, on an assignment for you. And we thank you for that. We thank you for the prayer that Don led us in earlier. Lord, when we speak forth the name of Jesus, accepting you as our Lord and Savior, that our spirit man is born again, that we become alive to serve you. Now, let's make this confession. Lord, I am on an assignment for you to bring forth your plan, your purpose, and your will. Lead me and guide me into all truth. Where you lead, I will follow. Can you say amen to that? Let's give the Lord a hand. Tell those people around you, I am on an assignment from God. Go and be blessed.